0: I'm Laura, I'm Brianna. And we are Sisters, Sisters of, of lore. lore, the reread, rewatch podcast of the most magical lore. So fill your pipe with some Longbottom leaf, pour yourself a butterbeer, and don't forget, toss, toss a, a coin, coin to, to your witcher. Tree. Hi, guys. Hello. She's always lagging on the hello.
1: <laughs> Sometimes I think you're talking to me.
0: Yes, Alara. We okay, first of all, just so you guys understand, we say our hellos like in advance. Like we do like some minor chit-chat, so shit, sorry. No, I'm not saying hello to you, Alara. <laughs> Bitch. Um, sorry. I told you guys that's what I call her. I did I left that in the last episode so you understood the love that is behind it um so let's so recap up. super quick and then we're just gonna jump on in to a summary uh but last episode we discussed chapters one through three we started out at privet drive where we met dobby the house elf i said it right don't look at me like that during I'm a actually because you wrote private oh it probably changed it but i thought i wrote private. I'm really proud of you for I didn't say private it. did I no, you did okay not. good I'm, just, I'm, just I'm like, really shit. proud of you <laughs> well shit I mean we meet Dobby during a Dursley dinner party of course and Harry is punished pretty badly for Dobby ruining the potential client for Vernon bars are put on Harry's window and uh that is no match for a Weasley rescue all right so then we move on to the
1: next two chapters that we'll be talking about tonight and we come back to Harry, who's spending the rest of his summer at the borough with people who actually care about him for once. Um, he gets to fling some gnomes, play some Quidditch, and he even travels through the fireplaces with magic black powder. He hides from his arch nemesis in a dark, scary alley, meets a wizard with one hell of a case of narcissistic personality disorder. He steals a car, raises a train, and is almost whomped by a willow, all before dinner. Let's dive in. Such a life. Chapter four. At Flourish and Blots. I love that. Mm -hmm. Harry's enjoying his summer at the borough and mostly because he's surrounded by people who actually enjoy his company.
0: Mrs. Weasley is mothering the heck out of Harry and Mr. Weasley is adamant about Harry always sitting next to him to talk about all things muggles. Like the function of a rubber duck. Yes. What is the function of a rubber duck?
1: (laughs) So... Ginny's being extra weird and clumsy while Harry's around and it reminds me of those cute little childhood crushes did you ever marry someone in kindergarten because I married someone yeah. in kindergarten so
0: facts I literally yeah. thought that the kid that I was dating in dating in kindergarten like all through second grade we were gonna get married like plain and simple there was no other it choice was the one it was the one that's true and then his grandmother married my grandfather <laughs> Well, that's a twist. This was
1: well after the kindergarten marriage.
0: That that little tidbit out. That would have been a story for the kiddos. (laughs) Um, Well, while we're at the borough, one morning at breakfast, the Weasley twins, Ron and Harry get their Hogwarts letters. I'm going to read um, page 46 uh, in my iPad. It's going to be about the books. Um, And I just thought it was important because that is a shit ton of books. Okay um okay so second year students will require the standard book of spells grade two by miranda goshock breaking i'm sorry break with a banshee by gilderoy lockhart actually all the rest ones are going to be by gilderoy lockhart i'm not going to repeat it like every time um gadding with ghouls holidays with hags travels with trolls voyages with the vampires wanderings with werewolves and year with the yeti such clever names gilderoy um so yeah honestly a little freaking excessive you guys I don't think I would actually no I would have to discuss that with the school um and even like George points this out and it pains me to read it but he points out how much this is going to cost for the Weasleys like that's a lot of books for five total kids you know what I mean well I mean
1: because they're his like personal books that they never actually use thank you I had a college professor that did that made us buy their book. Bro, stop.
0: Never used it. No, no, stop. That is just that is just shit. Like you are taking advantage, good sir or madam. I lost an almond. That's because they're shit. (laughs) Bruh!
1: (laughs) So at this point, Ron and Harry get a letter from Hermione and they're going to meet her at Diagon Alley to get their school things. Love that. Harry, Ron- what I thought I loved I Ellie
0: I know seriously bitch I'm telling you like I am still on a high from Universal like it's just it's just different man eight months oh, I can't wait until you go it's gonna be so great eight months all right so Harry Ron and the twins they play quidditch together that afternoon they all take turns writing Harry's Nimbus 2000 and honestly same like if I'd never ridden one of those I would so be like please let let me have another, sir. Sorry. A little well, Oliver Twist. No, uh, may I have another? May I have another? No. No, no, no. Okay.
1: We learn a little bit about some of their exams at Hogwarts. Percy got 12 OWLs, which are ordinary wizarding levels. Apparently, Bill, the oldest Weasley, who was head boy at Hogwarts, also got 12.
0: Yes. yes what was confusing about that (laughs) nothing oh you said it like super slow (laughs) you're like also got 12 no I didn't I think I must have skipped I don't know oh no it might be the zoom because sometimes like you're you're cutting like in and out it's weird okay so just for everyone else Allura apparently was not actually saying that slow it's just gonna be a thing it's just that Brianna's slow. Yes, accurate. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Bill and Charlie have already left Hogwarts. Bill works for Gringotts at their Egypt location. And I guess this definitely explains my previous question about Gringotts being like the only wizarding bank or if there were like other banks. Um, so they are the only bank in the wizarding world, um, but they do have obviously several branches. Um, and Charlie works in Romania studying dragons. So This is Jenny's first year at Hogwarts. And Weasley's not only have to purchase
1: five sets of Lockhart books, but all of Ginny's first year needs as well, like a wand and robes and a cauldron and everything else.
0: Mm-hmm, which is like super unfair. Um, And I love and hate that this is like a common theme in the books. I love it because it's important to see that everybody comes from something different. You know what I mean? Not everyone comes from the same amount of money or culture or, you know, beliefs and values. Um. But it also sucks because, like, I can totally relate to Ron and I can imagine how uncomfortable these comparisons are for Harry with, like, his rags to small fortune type story, you know?
1: So the day has come, to travel to Diagon. they eat a hearty breakfast of bacon sandwiches, same, before heading to the fireplace,
0: and they intend to travel
1: by flu powder, but Harry has never traveled this way before.
0: So Fred and George go first to show Harry how it's done. First, you grab a bit of flue powder, step into the fireplace, clearly state where you'd like to go and throw your powder to the ground. Mrs. Weasley cautions that you must be sure to get out at the right grate.
1: And Of course, Harry is super confused about this and same because if someone just handed me a bag (laughs) full of powder and said, throw it on the floor and yell where you want to go, I'd be like, all right, you're insane. Facts. But, anyway, the flu network is set up to link witch and wizard fireplaces. So any home or business can and most likely does already have access to the flu network.
0: They rattle off instructions to Harry, like, tuck in your elbows, close your eyes, don't panic, but don't get out too early, which literally, obviously, is going to make Harry panic.
1: And when Harry steps up to the fireplace, he swallows a bit of hot ash, and instead of clearly saying Diagon Alley, he stutters... Harry is just spinning in the green flame something knocked his elbow and he's passing all of these rooms hoping the spinning will stop
0: and suddenly it does so he's fallen face first onto stone and broken his glasses Harry doesn't recognize at all where he is but it seems to be a dark wizard shop it's full of severed hands blood-stained items evil masks bones and the like he looks out the shop window to the street and even that's super unfamiliar to him and just as Harry is looking for the way out, two of his least favorite people walk in,
1: Draco Malfoy and his father, Lucius Malfoy.
0: I actually love this bit, um, or any, honestly, like when it comes to the Malfoys and their dynamic. Um, there's a little like back and forth where Draco is promised a present, which we learn is to be a racing broom, But Malfoy doesn't like this present because he isn't even on the house team.
1: Malboy's basically venting and complaining entirely about Harry, his fame, his scar, and all that jazz. Lucius is over it because it's all Draco seems to talk about these days. So Borgin, the owner of Borgin and Burks, which we find out is where we are,
0: mm-hmm.
1: finally appears to help Lucius sell some items. The Ministry of Magic is conducting more raids and there are a few things he'd rather they not find.
0: Well, like father, like son, just as Draco complains about Harry, Lucius is constantly bothered by Arthur Weasley. Also, I think Draco actually has a thing for Hermione. This is total headcanon and I could be wrong, but if he isn't talking about Harry, he's literally talking about Hermione and I don't know, it's it's just a theory.
1: So Harry finally gets the opportunity to sneak out of the shop, only to find himself in an alley entirely dedicated to the dark arts, Nocturne Alley.
0: Harry narrowly escapes a creepy witch when Hagrid stumbles upon him and basically carries him to Diagon Alley. Great timing. The two talk for a moment, um, as in like, why was Hagrid even in Nocturne Alley? Um, But he was in there buying flesh-eating slug repellent. Um, and Harry explains why he couldn't return Hagrid's letters and all about Dobby and the Dursleys.
1: Eventually, they run into Hermione on the steps of Gringotts and go off to find the Weasleys, which didn't take long at all. Everyone is just happy to hear that Harry didn't end up too far past the right grade.
0: Mr. Weasley fixes Harry's glasses, and Mrs. Weasley cleans the soot off of him before saying goodbye to Hagrid and shopping for their school needs.
1: At this point, Harry tells everyone what happened at Borgin and Burke's, mr weasley bombards the grangers of course because they're muggles obviously <laughs> and then they travel underground gringotts to get their galleons sickles and nuts again we have this income comparison as the weasleys have a small stack of silver sickles and one gold galleon harry on the other hand has quite the contents in his
0: vault seriously it makes me so sad like because you can imagine especially with harry like knowing where he comes from like I know, like, he knows he has no control. It's not like he's always had that money. And it's, you know what I mean? But it's still so awkward to be around adults and have, you know, look at them and be like, wow, they have to feed all these kids and get all their stuff. And they have literally, like, nothing. Um, It's just so sad. Um,
1: sad, Especially because, like, they go to Harry's vault second. So he has to, like open it up in front of everyone and show them how much money is in his wallet.
0: And I feel so bad because it's like, it's nothing to be ashamed of, you know? Like if you have money, I mean, Harry handles it differently where other people, you know what I mean? Like they'll flaunt it with like material items or just their behavior, and it's, you know, but Harry is not like that. And so it's so sad because he understands, like, he knows what it's like to not have money. He knows what it's like to to not even have brand new socks. Like, he's always had hand-me-down socks from, from Dudley. He still has hand-me-down socks. Seriously. And it's just, it's so sad, man. You know, like, he's never had muggle money before in his life, you know, besides, like, a 50-cent a piece. So, I don't know. But... Once out of Gringotts, they all split to do their shopping before meeting at Flourish and Blotts in an hour. The trio spend it getting ice cream, ink, and parchment.
1: When they arrive to Flourish and Blotts an hour later, there's already a line. A banner hung above the shop announcing Gilderoy Lockhart's signing of his newest book, Magical Me, from 1230 to 430 p.m. The witches, including Mrs. Weasley, are going wild about this.
0: All right. So I'm going to read like a little paragraph about Gilderoy so that we can kind of introduce him. Um, Gilderoy Lockhart came slowly into view, seated at a table surrounded by large pictures of his own face, all winking and flashing dazzlingly, dazzlingly, sorry, white teeth at the crowd. The real Lockhart was wearing robes of forget-me-not blue that exactly match his eyes. His pointed wizard's hat was set at a jaunty angle on his wavy hair.
1: Lockhart spots Harry in the crowd, grabs him, and uses this opportunity to land on the front page of the Daily Prophet. Go figure. hmm Not only did Lockhart gift Harry his entire works, but he announced to the store that he would be teaching Defense Against the Dark Arts this year at Hogwarts. So awesome. he's gonna die.
0: Right? <laughs> um, not exactly- I mean, well- He's
1: not. Spoiler,
0: he's not. Yeah, no, he he doesn't. But um, not everyone in that position dies. Yeah, I was just gonna say, pretty much everyone else, like, should. Um, anyway, uh, so Harry gives his books to Ginny and buys his own set, which I love that. I thought that that was a really cool move. Um, and honestly, one that I would expect of him too. Uh, but not before Malfoy bombards him with his jealous and slick mouth. Harry Potter is famous and gets recognition everywhere he goes. Surprisingly, Malfoy hasn't noticed that Harry doesn't even enjoy this.
1: So Ginny sticks up to Malfoy for Harry, which makes Malfoy get real shitty with Ginny, which then gets Ron shitty with Malfoy, who... turns his attention on the entire Weasley family at this point.
0: It's like they could smell the adolescent pissing contest about to go down as Arthur and Lucius come into the conversation and basically do exactly what the kids just did, Um, but in an immature adult kind of way. Uh, They end the argument with physical blows, which Hagrid actually had to break up.
1: The Malfoys leave, thankfully, but not before returning Ginny's old transfiguration book to her cauldron. Winky, winky. Winky, winky. The group returned to the leaky cauldron and used the flu network to get back to the burrow.
0: Good news. Harry made it this time. He did make it this time. He did not miss it, which was good. All right, on to chapter five, the Wamping Willow. The summer has come to an end and it's time to return to platform nine and three quarters and hitch a ride on the Hogwarts Express. Eight
1: people, six large school trunks, two owls and a rat all piled into the enchanted ford anglia mm-hmm. and they took off for the king's cross station
0: <laughs> anglia
1: like <laughs> i don't know It reminds me of like an angler fish yeah no it is it's and ang- then i almost said angina
0: so. <laughs> i wonder if it's just a european ford because i've never i mean i don't know no it can't be because ford is american I don't I don't know. I do not know cars. I'm just done. Uh they arrived quarter to 11 after returning to the borough twice for forgotten items, but just in time. Percy vanished through the wall between platforms 9 and 10 first, followed by Mr. Weasley, Fred and George, then Mrs. Weasley with Ginny. Hey, guess what? What?
1: There's a Ford UK. Is it really? Yeah.
0: Oh, they're the
1: ones who made the Ford Anglia.
0: See, I knew it. I knew that wasn't American. I'm like, bro, I've never seen an Anglia before in my life, except for obviously Harry Potter. But that was good looking out, dude. So Ron and Harry
1: attempt to pass through the barrier together, but they crashed directly into it instead. And not only did they make a huge scene with their trolleys in front of Muggles, but the gate had sealed itself with time still left. Harry counted down the seconds until the train had departed for Hogwarts, and they had missed it.
0: As upset as Ron is about missing the train, he's understandably concerned more so about his parents finding their way back through. With no muggle money, Harry suggests waiting for them by the car. But Ron had a different idea. Just take the car to Hogwarts.
1: Underage witches and wizards are allowed to use magic in emergency situations. And I guess if I were a 12-year-old, I would probably consider having to drive the car emergency. Plus Ron's parents won't need the car
0: because they can operate. So they head off to the car, put all of their things inside, turn her invisible, and fly off to try and catch up with the Hogwarts Express. Mm-hmm. The invisibility booster fails them just minutes into their trip so they fly through the clouds, which is literally my favorite part about traveling via plane.
1: They dip down to search for the train and thankfully it's just up ahead. Every half hour or so, they agreed to dip back down to be sure that they were heading in the same direction as the train.
0: The trip starts out kind of fun. They're alone, first of all, flying an enchanted car. They have an incredible view, let's be honest, and all the toffees to eat. But it's also super fucking hot. They're thirsty and longing for the comforts of the Hogwarts Express. It's now dark and they are almost to Hogwarts when the Anglia
1: starts to give out, making a loud whining noise. They're both hoping they can at least make it to the grounds.
0: Just as they are approaching the castle, the enchanted car completely gives out on them, descending much less gracefully and slowly than anticipated, right into the whomping willow. It's
1: fine. I thought you said defecating, so we're doing fine.
0: Oh, good. Yes, the car is defecating, Alura. That is what it's doing. No. No, Brianna's defecating. Can, can we get off here? bowel movements, please? Like... My whole day is bowel movements. Seriously. Okay. You know? Seriously. Seriously. Mine is too, though. Like, that's literally all I do. All I
1: work time. in an office where we either fix your broken bone or we fix it when you can't poop it anymore because you blocked up your bowels with drugs. So,
0: I mean, someone's got to do it, man. A whomping Willow
1: lives up to its name and beats the crap out of the car and all severely injured boys. They reverse the car out of the tree and luckily make it out alive, but then the car throws them out along with their belongings and Hedwig before driving off into the darkness.
0: They hurry up towards the castle. They can see the great hall from a window, and they're missing the sorting ceremony before the feast. They pan over the staff table and notice that Snape is missing.
1: Just as they start discussing reasons as to why Snape might be missing, he rounds in them quick as fuck, to personally hear them explain why they were not on the train this afternoon. Instead of leading the boys to the Great Hall and towards the food, Snape leads them to his office. He assumed they just wanted to arrive in style and unfortunately he won't hear the real story about the barrier.
0: I don't know how this got printed so quickly, um, but their adventure in the Ford Anglia has been spotted by at least six to seven muggles. This is a huge deal considering Ron's father works in the misuse of muggle artifacts department at mom. Um, and I'm honestly not surprised that Snape cares more about the Willow than he does these two particular students, but also shitty because like they have told the truth the entire time. Um, he doesn't have the authority to expel them um, as he is head of Slytherin and not Gryffindor. But then walks in Mick G.
1: Mick G. The head of Gryffindor House and the Transfiguration Professor, who is a wonderful worldly woman. Love her. who We all know and love. Yes. The boys are quite scared, however, and forget their hunger. They well know that she is firm and strict when it comes to the rules of the school. Because she rules the school.
0: That is accurate. Unlike Snape, though, Minerva allows the boys time to explain themselves. And as I mentioned earlier, at 12, this plan seemed appropriate under their circumstances. But as an adult, I now think, like, McGee, you know, why not send a letter via OWL? Like, why not wait for the Weasleys to show up?
1: absolutely agree i mean they can apparate which means that they can apparate to you guys
0: that's what i'm saying like they could apparate out of the barrier you know what i mean like off the platform to the car right anyway so anyway next
1: enters dumbledore and they have this feeling like they are for sure getting expelled for this they again explain their story once more then they offer to grab their belongings and to their
0: surprise they aren't getting expelled Snape is fucking seething at this point about this decision. Not only are they not expelled, but it is up to McGee to determine their punishment. She sends Weasley to the hospital wing and tells him that Jenny had also been sorted into Gryffindor. But honestly, I think we just kind of assume that.
1: Harry asks about house points being the annoying person that nobody likes. It's like, I'm sorry, do we have homework? accurate (laughs) he's hoping to spare a loss to his house for their enchanted trip thankfully the boys get away with detentions and she leaves them in Snape's office with food and drink before returning to the feast herself
0: they finished the continuously filling plate of sandwiches and headed off towards the common room to find that they didn't even know this year's password who else but Hermione to show up everyone is sparking rumors over dinner that they flew a car and had been expelled which at least part of it wasn't true just part. Just part. Hermione shares the password with the two of them,
1: and they're greeted by a full common room and a storm clapping. The boys go to last year's dormitory to find a sign that says second years. And they are joined by Seamus, Dean, and Neville before going to sleep in their four poster beds.
0: Aww. So cute. And again, for this week, you guys, I personally have no questions. I don't know about Allura, but. Nah. These
1: chapters were bulky, but not unexplainable. Yeah, no,
0: I think everything is very much explainable. I think we're going to have a lot more questions. Like, obviously, the first book was a lot of questions because we're introducing, you know, we're we're getting introduced, rather, to the Wizarding World.
1: Well, and and I honestly, think,
0: I kind of feel like book two is a filler book. It really kind of is, and I think that's why I do not love it so much. Like, we definitely learned some things about parcel mouth, parcel tongue, We learn a little bit about Salazar Slytherin and like his lineage, but other than that, we really don't get And honestly,
1: like nothing's really happened yet. So all these things that we're learning just don't really seem that important.
0: Yeah, accurate. I mean, this is more of just like an adventure. And like Alara said, it is compared to the other books anyway, it does feel more like a filler book, you know? But I mean, still important. It still has its things. Um, you know, things we learn in this carry out through the series. So it is important. And at this point, they're still kind of reading like
1: children's books, but they definitely don't. Yes.
0: I was going to say that too. Like after book two, uh I mean, even a little bit of book three, but uh I think book three gets a little bit darker, obviously. Like we learn more about prison. We learn more about magical creatures. We also, you know, learn about just, just how, uh, intense this magical world can be i think you know with like well, the- i don't
1: know if you've seen that meme where it's like me trying to watch all seven harry potters but like each opening scene is just darker yes it gets
0: darker. darker every time i love that because it is very because the true. movies get darker honestly warner brothers fucking knocked it out of the park with that i thought that was a really cool way to do that but no i mean it really does like as we go especially come book four you guys when book four hits it's like oh okay we we go in deep like and we just keep going down until you know so bottom and Marianne's trench uh it'll be yes accurate we're gonna get lost in the bermuda triangle of the wizarding world that's what we're gonna do
1: so some we do facts.
0: have real facts, yeah <laughs> chapter four we we're talking about
1: flu powder Mm -hmm. and the flu network so in addition to domestic fireplaces there are around a thousand fireplaces across britain connected to the flu network including those at the ministry of magic various visiting shops and inns the fireplaces of hogwarts are not generally connected although there have been occasions where one or more has been tampered with often without the staff's knowledge
0: i feel like barney crouch in (laughs) that. the The chinese Chinese fireball (laughs) it's just so weird like why that one like you'd think the fucking horn tail he'd be right? like oh, fuck. He He's won. like, Whoa. it's just so good how he does it okay sorry um another cool fact from chapter five the, and this this answers a little bit about my question is like how they got the prophet out so quickly the story um the daily prophet whose headquarters are in Diagon Alley is delivered by owl on a daily basis to nearly every uh, every wizarding household in Britain. Occasionally when something particularly interesting or exciting happens, such as the illegal flight of a Ford Anglia, um, the length of Britain, an evening profit edition will be rushed out. And that's all we
1: got. Yeah. So, that's it. Next episode will be out about chapters six through eight. Be sure you read those chapters if you want to read along with us. That episode will be live on Wednesday the 10th, but if you support us on Patreon. <laughs>
0: was gonna happen again (laughs) okay I didn't I didn't leave it into the last episode you guys but the last time when we recorded she said it like eight different ways and like her fiance and I both kept like correcting her like trying to tell her how to say it correctly (laughs) and I swear she had to keep restarting it she's like patreon 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 like it was just so good it was so good okay sorry all right listen if you do you'll you'll have early access
1: if you support us on that thing okay so (laughs) you can find us at that thing.com patreon.com forward slash sisters of lore pod but we will leave the link in the episode description as well because you're probably confused
0: so or at that (laughs) thing.com so good so good um you can also <laughs> you can also follow us on instagram at sisters of lore pod on facebook sisters of lore podcast and twitter sisters of lore <laughs> thank you all so much for listening in today and i hope that you join us again next
1: episode xoxo sisters of lore
0: It's cheese and cranberries. No yeah. more almonds. Cheese and cranberries are fucking wonderful together, Laura. Cranberries, cranberries, cranberries are not good. Cranberries are disgusting. They're dried cranberries, so they're sweet. Okay. That's even worse. Bro, you're even worse. Yeah. Yeah, there it is. Stop. Now you're acting like your TT. You're just emptying the cranberries out on the table. Yeah, because cranberries are disgusting. I will eat them then. But they're so good with white cheddar. Oh my god, no, food is disgusting. This is a healthy snack. That so was broccoli, which I much prefer. Actually, I just ate a whole fucking bowl of rice and broccoli. Like, oh my god. I fucked the shit up out of that.
1: Broccoli and Brussels sprouts and asparagus mm. are the three. Oh, vegetables. asparagus.
0: Fuck yeah. Green beans, broccoli, and asparagus. I like green beans, but so they have to be cooked appropriately.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Facts. And they have to be scrubbed before. If they're not scrubbed well enough, then they tend to feel like kind of weed on the outside sure I
0: actually scrubbed them I just cook them a super long time or I do the canned ones like the french cut see I like that but no one in this house will eat french cut green beans fucking love la- you know what it is Nana and Papa used to do french cut green beans yes. all the time and my mom made canned veggies for everything
1: so mm. I'm used to my carrots and corn and everything being soft and everyone feels yeah. like if there's no crunch I won't eat it <laughs> Like,
0: we'll eat it fucking
1: raw. You can crunch oh. on this booty hole
0: is what I'm about to say hang on baby what do you mean?